0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast
1: only on the Oz Network. Hello, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our third week in a row covering the amazing race, uh, still the amazing race, Canada. And uh, I don't know if Uh, You know, we we made this commitment We were going to try to cover it as much as possible And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing at this point But we'll try to break this episode down for you And find some good out of it Uh, I'm kind of giving away my overall opinion here Uh, My name is Colin I'm coming to you live from Kootenay Lake uh, The Big Orange Bridge uh, Otherwise known as Bob Uh, That's my location Rossi, where are you coming to us from this week?
0: Down south
1: Down south down there Uh, Do they have bridges named after people down there?
0: No, but I thought that was pretty clever. We need to start that.
1: Yeah. um, I wish that we had them here. We don't even name our bridges here. That must just be something in BC that they do. But uh, I don't know. Quickly, let's get some opinions. I kind (laughs) of gave a bit of mine away, but uh, I'm very up in the air on this episode. Rossi, what were your thoughts on episode three, uh, titled something about a duck in the pond? What is it? It's like ducks in the forest.
0: Um. I don't know, it seemed okay at the beginning. Like I thought that the it kinda of just you know, I think it was not as bad as you say it was because Ugh. a lot of the teams <laughs> switched positions a lot and we don't see that a lot often. We're teams that were in first or in fifth and teams that were in last are now in third and I think that this was one of the few shining moments when that actually does happen. Although I didn't love a lot of the challenges and what they did, but I'm glad that we saw a lot of switch up and a lot of drama around all these Express passes build.
1: That I will agree with you on. This episode was all about the Express Pass, and that's pretty much all I'll be talking about, because that's the only enjoyment I got out of this episode. This was one of the most boring episodes of Amazing Race I've seen in a long time. Uh, But I will agree with you that the beginning was good, because we get that Express Pass drama, which we'll get into in a minute. And then the end was great, because we get the Express Pass drama. So, uh, we'll try to talk about some other things if we can find it in here, other than Express Passes and Bob the Bridge. Uh, But... Uh, I guess starting off, uh, they're going to Castlegar, BC, another place I have not been. And right away with the express pass, if you haven't caught up from the last week, uh, our favorite team, Team Giver, got three express passes, and they had to give two of them away. They gave
0: they had to give them away.
1: They had to give her them away. Give her them away. <laughs> <laughs> We're creating new words here. And the first one, of course, went to Karen and Bert when Karen and Bert helped them. Uh, They said they had a master plan this week on what they were going to do, a brilliant plan for what to do with the Express Pass. And right away, Sam and Paul, uh, the Invisible Team on this season, the Kelsey and Joey, is that right?
0: Yes, you got it. It's taken
1: me like two years to remember their names I was struggling. It took me a split second there, but I got them. The Kelsey and Joey of the Amazing Race Canada Season 5, the Invisible Team, uh, say, you know, we're going to make a pitch to them, which I don't know, was it just me or did Sam and Paul kind of Build this up as if it's like we got a really good pitch for them with this and then ends up being a hey guys Want to give us an express pass? (laughs) It didn't seem like they had maybe there was something that was edited out But it didn't seem like they really were that persuasive. So we can't really blame them Um, Am I missing something here? Did Sam and Paul maybe build this up too much or maybe it was left out in editing?
0: I don't know. I feel like editing maybe but It seemed like they were just trying to sell that they weren't as strong as they were so we need it. Yeah, uh, which was a fine argument, but it didn't really make sense.
1: I'm going to... What ends up happening with the Express Pass, of course, is that they say, no, we got this master plan. So they just basically flat out say no to Sam and Paul, because Sam and Paul are too competitive a team, which really are they? I mean, the, we have pointed out that they're one of the more consistent teams, but they haven't gotten even to the top spot yet. I mean, the best place they had in three legs was third place last week. So they, they haven't slipped or anything, but... I don't think at this point in the race I would be looking at them saying they're our stiffest competition. Maybe that's just because we haven't seen enough from them on the race. Uh, But what about uh, your thoughts on Team Giver kind of labeling them as the competition? Do you think that there's any any validity to that? Uh, Where do you think that they're getting that
0: impression? I feel like it's justified. Because I was just trying to... I'm looking at the stats now. I'm going back and thinking about 29 and looking at Brooke and Scott's Mm -hmm. record. And they don't get in the top three until leg eight. Yeah. And they end up winning the season. So it's very hard to tell at certain stages who is tough competition because sometimes a certain challenge could just ruin a whole team. But I feel like it's justified considering they haven't placed any lower than fourth yet in three legs.
1: And, of course, we're basing this decision, or Team Giver is basing this decision on only two legs so you can kind of look at the averages and say average wise they are the most successful team so far in the first two legs they finished fourth fourth, and then third uh, really the only other team that even stayed near the middle would be uh, karen and bert which went from sixth to fourth so i guess those would be the competitive teams uh, from team givers point of view but I, I don't know. Their master plan they ended up coming up with was they wanted to give it to Megan and Courtney, which I guess they perceived as being the weakest team. Let's get some opinions on that. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny the way it played out where they are saying you know, that they were a super strong team mentally. And of course, Megan and Courtney go, what are these guys, idiots? You know, Because they finished in first in one leg. Uh, I think we kind of touched on that last week, whether Megan and Courtney were maybe getting a little bit ahead of themselves or if there really was something to them going last place to first. Uh, do you think that they were kind of, well, we know what ends up happening, but from team giver's point of view, were they kind of jumping the gun and assuming this was a bad team? Were they not paying attention to the previous leg? What do you think their real reasoning was for giving it to Megan
0: and Courtney? Maybe because of the first leg, that would be my only guess because I don't know, maybe they felt that there were no real weak teams. It's possible. Because um, I don't know who else would they have given it to. Who who, who would there be their second option? Because uh, they don't want to give Karen and Burt a second one.
1: Yeah, and, and again, I get where they would be coming from. Megan and Courtney probably don't come across like the smartest team. Uh,
0: or even the most physical. Or the
1: most physical, yeah. They did finish first in the previous leg, but... I think if you're looking at teams, you know, I don't think you want to give it to somebody who was first. And it worked out, so I'm not going to question their decision because obviously they saw something that Megan and Courtney didn't even see. And we'll talk about, you know, why Megan and Courtney are gone later on. But I would almost think, you know, you give it to the team that's clearly not making progress. And, you know, obviously this week aside, Zed and Shabir, their first two weeks, they weren't exactly the strongest team. Uh, Corey and Ivana had a terrible week, and maybe the decision should be more to go with a team that is sliding as opposed to one that goes from last to first but you can't really question it because look what is happening it was funny the way it played out though uh, with Megan and Courtney and I think at the time this is where I'll give maybe a little bit of credit to this episode it was a surprise uh, I think to the audience they had Megan and Courtney built up like these characters last week that you underestimated and even at the start here Kenneth and Ryan are the ones being portrayed to be fools you know, like, oh, they shouldn't give it to a team who finished number one. But when you watch this, I think if you were to re-watch this episode, which I have no intention of doing, <laughs> for reasons I'll make clear throughout this, if we were to re-watch it, you know, it, it, I think this almost is like the downfall of Megan and Courtney, that they became very arrogant on this episode. We'll touch on them more later on. But Megan and Courtney, uh, you have to at least be in agreement with me on this. I know that you are fans of theirs. They definitely let that first place finish last week go to their heads a little bit this week
0: maybe a little but i would only argue in terms of decision making i don't think that they were impacted at all like in terms of navigation or like i don't think that they let any of their actions suffer it was just like that they were not think i feel like they weren't thinking as clearly as they normally would have mm-hmm. especially about using the pass and about the detour choices that they made
1: to me Again, we'll touch on it more later on, but it reminded me of Hamilton, Michaela, uh, another one of your favorite teams from seasons past, just that they kind of cost themselves the raise by making a poor decision, you know, and not using their advantage the way it should have been used. Um, But uh, yeah, we'll get into them a lot more later on. Uh, I'm still on board with saying that uh, Zed and Shabir probably would be viewed as the weakest team, but this week... What are you going to do? We're going to have a lot of fun going over. Maybe there is something to what you said about how unpredictable this race is because I'm struggling to find a team that really looks like a weak team at this point. Zed and Shabir look like by far the weakest team to me and they finished first this week, so who knows. Uh, Car fact of the week. Rossi, do you have one ready? This week, you know, we talked about last week about how they changed it. Is it the Chevrolet Bolt EV, which is more than just a sweet set of wheels, by the way?
0: Yeah, they changed it again. I guess they're changing it based on what um, car is featured in the episode, mm-hmm. but I also did uh, write down at the beginning of the episode what they win. and they win the Chevy or whatever equinox is the car that they're winning <laughs> for the
1: whole season yeah
0: for the, this yeah if you if you're the winner of the season. Um, but a fun fact about the the bolt is that it has one pedal driving and regen on demand with steering wheel paddles.
1: And, of course, I have no idea what that means. Uh, (laughs) um, Rossi, are you a big enough car guy to know what that means? No. Uh, I'm going to be totally honest. Uh, I probably wouldn't even be able to identify this as a Chevy. Uh, I have a car. I choose to walk as opposed to drive just because I hate driving that much. So uh, I am leaving the fun facts about the car to Rossi, but I still love the the fact that they made a point to mention this is more than just a sweet set of wheels. I just want to come up with the the cheesy quote of the week, too. Uh, Here's where the episode takes a downward turn for me. Our first challenge, which is really not a roadblock, or if, if you know that an episode starts out and it's not a roadblock and it's not a detour, it's obviously just product placement. Here we get Wood's outdoor gear where they have a bunch of campsites and they just have to pick out what's the difference between it. and of course all of it's going to end up being product placement. We have our great Camper James. Where do they get Camper James from? I don't know. Uh, but he's the judge of this and to me it seemed like it would have been a harder challenge to end up being. It didn't seem like many people really struggled on this, even Ivana who likes hotels we found out here. Uh, Rossi, can you say anything positive about identifying the differences in woods, outdoor gear, camping setups?
0: Um, I guess I did enjoy seeing some of the teams struggle, especially Team Giver, um, which is what we said would happen. Mm -hmm. Any of these tasks that require any sort of patience Mm -hmm. or, you know, calmness they struggle at, and we saw that in full bloom. Um, But I guess not much excitement, as most teams ended up working together and saving any of the drama or excitement about it. Yeah.
1: Um, It's funny, though, Team Giver, they kind of had their... uh traditional Amazing Race Canada uh, hockey gold medalists <laughs> moment here where they're like, we're, the, we're going to have the advantage because we love camping and we're all these outdoorsy guys and then they're the ones that struggled the most. Uh, my favorite moment here, I think it was with um, uh, Corey Navana or whatever team it was that they worked with. Somebody said, you guys want to work together and I think it was Ivana was like, well, how many do you guys have? And they go, seven. She goes, seven, okay. And she just quickly jumps like, ah, they got more than I do. <laughs> Uh, Not really a poker face from Ivana there. Uh, Zed and Shabir have the advantage because they were in Cub Scouts. (laughs) And again, this is where I think teams fail is they get themselves so pumped up. Like, I'm obviously not the biggest fan of the hockey girls from season two. But these teams get so pumped up thinking, well, this is what I do. I'm going to do this challenge when they realize you're not setting up a campsite. You're just trying to pick out the differences. And I don't think that being in Cub Scouts or leading Cub Scouts or being outdoor ski type guys is going to give you any type of a challenge or any type of advantage in any of these challenges um any other moments that i'm forgetting here from the wonderful woods outdoor gear other than avana losing it when she realized that uh she was on the winning end of this agreement
0: um i don't really think so the only thing i wrote down was that it was their sec the uh, another root info task instead of a uh, like an actual proper like roadblock or detour, mm-hmm. which is I'm I'm loving I'm loving these extra challenges. I would love them if it wasn't product placement, which is what we get next,
1: where they basically have to go to a coffee shop and deliver coffee on foot. Which there is nothing to the challenge. This is just like the uh, woods outdoor camping thing, that we don't see them really doing anything. To the challenge. I would rather them do a camping challenge where you have to set up the tent. Or maybe they have a duplication challenge. You have all the gear and you set up. We've seen that in the Amazing Race a million times, but at least we're watching people do stuff. We're not watching people write things down on a piece of paper and then say, oh, look, the window's not open. Zoom in for one more close up out of the 25 close ups we had in this episode of the open window. And here in the coffee one, we're just watching people walk through the street carrying coffee. And every once in a while, it's like, oh, I'm going to deliver the dark roast one. Here, we have to tell you how many I have. It was just painful for me. Uh, I thought we were going into the season with you being the one critical on the product placement and I'm more I don't even know if this is product placement with the coffee or if they just found something that was famous to uh, The area and Nelson, but uh, it's just it's boring to watch. That's the problem. I have
0: That's weird because I didn't even I wasn't even noticing that it was considered product placement It didn't bother me at all these challenges like, I get what you're saying in terms of entertainment. They were not, like, super entertaining. No one was really doing anything. It was running and, mm-hmm. and memory, which is something you can only feel if you're doing it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it didn't bother me as much. I don't, I don't know why. Because every time I, I hear the word bemo, I groan. But <laughs> this wasn't bad.
1: Uh, I like the suggestion of uh, walk backwards. It helps the hamstrings. I'm, I'm going to try that one of these days. Yeah. Uh, The only entertainment I got out of this entire challenge was the, and we're gonna start to pick on these people every week, I feel like, but the guy who congratulates him, which, by the way, congratulations, Amazing Race Canada, this week, you actually had the shots matching for, congratulations, here's your clue, with the master shot of them receiving the clue, but this guy was like a zombie. Like, he was basically sounding the way I was feeling watching this challenge, like, congratulations, here's your clue. This guy was, and you probably didn't pick up on this either, I'm guessing. Maybe I'm just coming to this with very negative energy this week. Uh, any any, even notice or any notes you made about the board uh, clue giver guy?
0: No. Why is it someone I should know? <laughs>
1: no, no, it's just the fact that I've never heard somebody so uninterested. Usually they get people and they'll have the cheesy shots. Here's your clue. And like last week, the guy who didn't match. It's just This guy, Like, I've never seen a human being who didn't want to be there more than him. Who is he? Can we find him?
0: I don't know. Look at the coffee shop.
1: <laughs> maybe he's just an employee at the coffee shop. Uh, I'm going to have to go back over this episode. we got to get this guy on the show just to talk to him. He's... Him and James... <laughs> we
0: do not need that. We do not need that.
1: <laughs> him and James the camper are bringing the life in this episode. Uh, maybe this is another one of my complaints is that I don't feel even the racers this week were having a lot of fun. And it's obviously... We get later on a harder uh, task that they had, at least, you know, with all the express house being used, but it just didn't seem like it was as fun, as quote uh, friendly as the last few episodes of it were. So I'm sitting here making notes on the bored clue gig guy in the coffee shop and James the Camper. Let's move on. Uh, something we can maybe talk about, which is Karen was and Was this
0: the challenge yeah, no, I was gonna say, wasn't this the challenge where they used their pass on?
1: Karen and Bert? Yeah, because yeah. they were so far behind uh, probably one of the only teams that really struggled in the uh, the camping challenge product placement commercial that they use the express pass. So I guess let's get the opinion on that before we get into the next challenge. Uh, because we're in episode three and only really one episode of Karen and Bert having this express pass and they burn through it right away. Is this the right choice?
0: Well, based on where they thought they finished, no. Um I feel like it wasn't a good challenge to do. It was just one of those things you just got to work through and you get it done. But they wasted it.
1: See, this is where I'm going to take a different point of view. We don't come on this uh, intentionally trying to argue everything, but look at where they finished. They finished in the bottom half of this episode. They were so far behind all the other teams, and maybe they would have burned through the roadblocks and detours. Who knows? But if you use an express pass and you finish in 5th, you know, obviously, uh, I think, they even said, I think, at the end that they expected to be higher, but if they expected to be higher and they still finish this low with the express pass, I mean, I think almost certainly they're at least in the bottom two had they not used it.
0: Yeah, but I feel like you would have um, the the giver would have been less like they would have gotten to the um, detour later and Giver would have been more okay with not using their mm. express pass so they wouldn't have used it as soon as they did. Maybe they would have kept trying. So there, I think there's possibility that they didn't finish in the back.
1: Here's... And considering
0: how most teams struggled with the other challenge, yeah, I didn't think it was that wise to use the pass.
1: Well, here's the other scenario I want to play out uh, because Karen and Burt were separated from those bottom three teams who are all kind of... You know, uh, once we get to the uh, the, the final task, uh, as exciting as that was, um, the the detour, it was those bottom three teams, and it was obvious they were the bottom three. Karen and Burt were separate even from them using the express pass. They don't use the express pass. They're in now a bottom four race. Three of those four teams have express passes. Do the teams use it, or do they not use it because they know the other ones haven't? Like, I would think the way this would play out is that you have Kenneth and Ryan, you have... Karen and Bert, and you have Megan and Courtney, and they all know they're the bottom three teams, there's no sense in using your Express Pass, because if one of these teams finishes, you know, well, I'm still not in last, and they haven't used theirs. If they use their Express Pass, I would know it by now. So uh, how do you think this would have played out had they held it? Do you think that we would have had everybody using their Express Pass at once, and then Andrea and uh, Ebony are left in the dust, or do you think it would have gone the other way where just the threat of having all the express passes there at the same time, they just choose to race it out.
0: I would feel like the latter, because I feel like you get this kind of weird like Mexican standoff situation where neither of them are kind of making a move. They're just kind of there Mm -hmm. trying to play it out. Um, But it would be so hard to tell because the girls were in the other challenge and you didn't know how many teams were there. Like it was very hard to tell. That's why, especially why I'm guessing Karen and Bert thought they were further ahead, mm-hmm. It's because they didn't see any of the other teams.
1: Would do you think with Megan and Courtney switching back and forth so many times, it would eventually gotten out though? Oh, you know what? You know, Andrea and Ebony are uh, doing the <laughs> very sexualized uh <laughs> challenge of the week. Uh, I would have thought that they'd go back and forth like that, and maybe they use that as the advantage and say, "Hey, look." Andrea and Ebony are in the other challenge. It's just fun to speculate in the what-if scenario here. We haven't done that in they
0: all They all agree to use the express pass right now. Yeah,
1: exactly. Hey, it's let's all use girls. it, and now we know we take out one of the, the top teams out there.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, there's a lot of scenarios of where this could go. Um, it went probably the least desired way out of all of them mm-hmm. for every team, I feel like.
1: Well, uh, there's the other thing we'll talk about a bit on the end about whether this Express Pass thing, the triple Express Pass work this week, because I do have a defense for it, but I do agree with you that I think, even though I I like the way it played out and it provided the only real drama in this episode, uh, I think every other scenario of three Express Passes being out there with all three of those teams fighting it out for the bottom would have been more interesting. Uh, Let's talk about the roadblock for a second. Uh, The other star of the episode, Bob the Bridge. They're basically swinging from a bridge, which I feel like often they set these things up to be way more challenging than they are, because when you see the example, it seems like they're swinging for an eternity, and then you've got to let yourself go close enough. But really, you let yourself go the second you hit the water. It wasn't that much of a challenge. It sounded better, I think, in the description and even the way that they showed it, the example, than it ended up being. Uh, really the only excitement I found in this entire thing, not even that it was exciting, was just when Courtney was trying to coach Megan on and say, like, come on, Megan, you're only six feet away, and then she turns the camera. She's really not. You know, that was kind of funny. But otherwise, Bob the Bridge, you let us down this week.
0: Yeah, do you know do we have any fun facts about Bob the Bridge? Why is it orange?
1: Um no fun facts. If you have anything to say about him, I'm sure I could find one.
0: Um yeah it wasn't a challenge. It was really kinda of, I, I want I want. To, I think it was the worst challenge, obviously, of the episode for me, um, just in the fact that it was a quick dip, and then a swim, and then that was it, mm-hmm. um, and the only time was, the only interest was Andrea struggling a little bit, um, but then she's like, I got it, and then she just jumped in the water, and it was, it seemed more interesting. I'd rather do it than, like, watch it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I didn't notice in this episode either about uh, the, the whole quizzes. would you do this roadblock unless I was just so bored I missed it. I noticed at the beginning of the episode that they had who will win this leg, which again, don't put these things up at the beginning of the episode when people have nothing to base it on. Put it up, you know, halfway through the episode or something. But uh, were there any other polls that were put out this week or are we winning the war here against these poorly placed polls?
0: I don't think I saw any, which was weird because I was ready for them. I was ready for the, the, the 3% to say I would take a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was weird. I don't know if it's going to be an off, if they're off for good now, people complained or...
1: Well I was kind of excited they're because gonna... we put the challenge out last week and people were actually using this to answer no just so we could gauge our own audience from this. So maybe this is CTV's way of not letting us feel the power we have <laughs> It's Amazing Race Podcasters, Rossi.
0: The rules should stay the same for next week, hopefully. Hopefully there's uh, another poll next week.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll still put that out there. If you would do this roadblock, which the answer should always be yes, just go on and answer no so we can see if that percentage goes up even 1% from the other weeks. Uh, Bob the Bridge. Fun fact, the bridge is the only crossing of the Kootenay River in Nelson, and as a large, iconic bridge, it is a well-known landmark and locally is affectionately known as Big Orange Bridge, or Bob for short. Um, oh, that's, that's where right. Bob comes from. I don't know if they said that or, but yeah, we've gotten, uh, so far gassy Jack and Bob the bridge. I'm kind of every single week looking forward to the inanimate object character of the week on the amazing race, Canada, uh, yeah, or,
0: brand- or rebranded as the worst part of the episode, yeah.
1: <laughs> along with the polls. Um, uh, let's move on to the detour here because the roadblocks again, a bit of a bust, throw it or strike it, uh, at this point, I think, usually with The Amazing Race, I'm going to say, there's there's different types of shows when you're watching it, and you feel like, okay, it definitely feels like it's been an hour, and then there's other shows where it just breezes by. For whatever reason, The Amazing Race for me, I never have trouble getting through the episodes, because by the time it's 20 minutes in, it always feels like it's only been five minutes to me, and this was one of the few examples I could give where halfway through the episode, I'm like, are we still going, and maybe that's because We're now on the fourth task, and it's only halfway through the episode, and we're only now getting to the detour. Four tasks is a bit much up until this point, especially when the detour is, again, just watching people molding clay or hitting something with a hammer. Um, I'm sure the tasks were very challenging, and that did provide something interesting in the episode. The only fun stuff I saw here was Andrea and Ebony kind of... I don't know what would be the they're getting wet for this (laughs) this molding of the clay uh they think they think the clay is sexy they kind of are making noises like that uh they're fun characters to me i like them i don't know if this is another thing that the amazing race canada is subtly trying to do you know with the hoses and the the pull it or pump it and this this week are they just trying to fit innuendos in here is that another game we can play try to spot the innuendo in an Amazing Race Canada episode.
0: Maybe they're going for a, um, like, a a blind date season for the next season. Yeah. So they're just trying to subtly promote that love interest that's going along.
1: Yeah, so the the audience is really starting to get turned on by the Amazing Race just by watching it, because they're watching pulling and pumping and clay-shaped molding. Um, Wow, it was... Kind of funny to watch them in this, um, especially when Megan and Courtney walk in right after the, and this is just editing timing. right after Andrea and Ebony are rubbing their hands up and down this clay mold, which looks like, you know, something that might be familiar to some people. And Megan and Courtney are like, that looks really hard. Maybe just because now the show is programming me to be in a bit of a dirty mindset watching it. I thought that was kind of funny. But they ditched this challenge before even trying it. Maybe one of the many mistakes of Megan and Courtney here because they then go to the Strike It Challenge, which is just making a hook. Uh, like a, you're working as a blacksmith-based Vegas and making a hook out of fire and metal and hammers and stuff. Neither of these were interesting to watch. Uh, the drama here really is in the express pass. The teams are struggling, and Megan and Courtney flip-flopping back and forth and back and forth. Uh, do you think there is ever a scenario where you should switch detours before even trying it?
0: Um. What do you mean by before trying it? Well, what like, do you... Megan
1: and Courtney, I swear, they were out of there within 30 seconds. You know, you should feel like you're falling behind and you're just not going to get it because they ended up coming back here and doing okay with it. So they were, I think, way too quick to jump the gun and switch to strike and then switch back to this one again.
0: I think that the only reason that switching a lot in this detour was okay was because they were in the same building.
1: Yeah, yeah. I noticed they how quick it was for them to go back and forth.
0: You know, they were not, like, traveling a lot, so I feel like this gives a little more freedom in terms of being able to choose what you want to do. Um, but I would have at least tried it for, like, a few minutes before I said, okay, maybe not this one, mm-hmm. and then switch. So, But I feel like since they were so close that these girls felt like, whatever, if we can't do the other one, we'll just come back.
1: And, of course... We mentioned kenneth and ryan they use their express pass here uh it's kind of disappointing just from a storytelling point of view i would think not so much for me as a viewer i don't mind that they all got burned out in this one episode but if you're the producers and you're like we're putting three express passes out there and by episode three all three have been used or wasted uh that's got to be disappointing especially when the way this was built up was kenneth and ryan found all three and it's this, this big strategic thing and then they give them all away and then they use theirs right away and what's left i mean are the express passes going to be recycled we're going to find out next week that you know because one wasn't used it gets thrown back out there like a hidden immunity idol uh what are your feelings on the express passes uh we talked about karen and burt being used but we'll get to megan and courtney later just kenneth and ryan them using theirs at this point does it make sense for them
0: um it was i felt more justified than i feel like the other ones mm-hmm. Just because they were struggling for so long. Like, they had spent, like, who knows how long they were there, but they saw all these teams arrive and leave. The girls switched back and forth, and it was... They, they weren't getting anything. Mm-hmm. They were making the same mistake again and again and again. And I feel like after a while, you can't... Unless you get a change in your way of making or your doing, you're not going to make any difference. So I think it was smart just get out of there. And they were close to being eliminated, so.
1: Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing that I don't think is brought up enough. You know, I'm one to defend both of these. I said, Karen and Birdie, I understand why they would have used it. I would have used it too. Uh, With Kenneth and Ryan, I understand why they used it as well. You know, they really were struggling. Most of the time nowadays, people use the express pass just so that they can get a first place finish. These were people using it so that they were not going to get eliminated. We had two teams use it this week. Neither was eliminated, but even if they were the bottom two teams, then technically one of these teams wasted their Express Pass. Um, the other question would be, did Kenneth and Ryan know that Karen and Bert use theirs at this point? Uh, you know, How are they feeling? Because they seem like such a super competitive team. I wonder how they're feeling about using the Express Pass. Come on the show and tell us, Kenneth and Ryan. This is our plugging to have them on right after James the Camper uh, <laughs> for an interview and bored coffee shop guy. I don't know. I just think... I find this is what's fascinating about having Express Pass, and there are a lot of people out there who just want to get rid of twists like this or hidden immunity idols in Survivor. It always provides some different type of drama, and we did say that there were better ways for this to play out, but it's interesting to speculate, you know, what would have happened otherwise. Would we have lost probably the biggest stars this season have as Team Giver if they hadn't used it?
0: I mean, possibly, because it was so close, the ending of those three teams that um cuz you heard Megan and Courtney were saying yeah I heard them scream mm-hmm. so they were definitely within like earshot of the mat when they when the other two teams checked in so it could have been possible especially because they were alone the last team you know sitting there in that one challenge cuz the other girls were all the other girls were doing the other part of it so it could have been potentially fatal for them to not use it and have the exact opposite situation with Megan and Courtney just be the guys instead.
1: Um, we'll talk about Megan and Courtney right on the end of this episode. Let's uh, go through the teams, I guess, that finish here, unless you have anything else to add on, strike it or...
0: Uh, <laughs> well, I did want to mention, I really stroke enjoyed... It. Um... Stroke it
1: or strike it.
0: <laughs> Colin, get your mind out of the... <laughs>
1: it's it's gutter, a slow they're slowly trying to turn the country perverted here anyways continue on um
0: you know i really enjoyed cory and ivana in this challenge when they come in and within like minutes can complete the challenge and be on their way
1: mm-hmm.
0: like i thought that was just really funny and they got really funny bits and music with their challenge montage as well
1: yeah um zed and shabir number one team i didn't see this coming i don't think zed and shabir saw it coming Uh, I don't think anybody saw it coming. I I can't remember which team it was, but one of the teams that finished said, we have no idea what's going on in this race. It might have even been Karen and Bert when they didn't come in first. I can't remember. But that kind of summed up to me everything that was happening here. Like, there's no story. Maybe they just... It was so close that there was no way to show it. But this is another problem I have with the episode that we had no idea anybody who was in the lead here. And as these teams are crossing the finish line, they just seem to come out of nowhere. And it could have... The editors could very easily have changed this up. We could have had Sam and Paul were number one and uh, Andrea and Ebony were number two. And just through editing, they're like, oh, this team was number one. We don't know this watching. I, th- I feel like it was a bad storytelling week as far as why somebody wins. But Zed and Shabir, they sort of came out of nowhere and won this thing. Uh, thoughts on Zed and Shabir at this point, Three episodes in?
0: Um, I wanted to look up their... Do you have their stats? I want to look up where they've placed so far. They
1: went fifth to sixth to first. So never in the bottom half, I guess. Or I guess just barely in the bottom half once.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've been doing well. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised with their performance. Um, They don't seem to have any notable weakness. They're they're either really good or they're just meh. Um, I could see them being eliminated soon. But so far, they've been on good track record to do well. So hopefully for them, they keep it up.
1: I like that they have kind of this weird secret handshake they do in this episode. Uh, This is kind of a funny observation, considering we started off the show saying, you know, it's not that we think that one looks old and the other one looks super young, it's just they, I feel like more and more every single week, they come across more like brothers than they come across like father and son, you know, with that weird handshake and even just the way they relate to each other and calling each other by their nicknames and all that. This isn't a knock against them, because we usually use this to refer to teams negatively, but they almost are the douche bro team of the season, (laughs) and I'm not saying that they're douchey at all. I like them. They're funny, Uh, but they're kind of the two bros on the race together, which isn't what you would expect at this point on uh, any season of The Amazing Race, a father and son especially. Just kind of a weird observation I have about them. Uh, Corey and Ivana, wow, they had a comeback. and. I think we sort of saw them as the opposite of Megan and Courtney last week. Last week we were talking about Megan and Courtney, like, wow, they went from last to first. Maybe they're a better team than we gave them credit for. Last week we were kind of like, Corey and Ivana went from second last week and now they're eighth. How did they finish second the previous week? You know, they seemed so bad last week and now they're sort of settling in, you know, two out of their three legs, they finished in second place. Maybe they're much stronger. I gave them credit for. Uh, I'm definitely more entertained by them every single week. But I still don't feel like we're seeing where their strengths are coming from. And maybe that's just a problem on the editing of these episodes.
0: They're an interesting team because normally the teams that are very physical are teams that aren't really suited to the race. Um, Sometimes like these people, I'm thinking Brooke and Robbie, they were were, like a really solid team that did really well. But sometimes these super athletes aren't built for the race. Just because they have these weird challenges that get thrown in, but they seem to be doing well, um, despite the fact that these are super athletes. Um, however, they've had such such trouble with navigation that I could see them falling like season one, like level falling behind. Mm-hmm. Are they? A... And I mean season one of the U.S., not season one of Canada. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> Yes, that, that's a whole different level, season one of U.S. Um, yeah, are you finding them to be entertaining? You mentioned that they're kind of finding this episode. Are you finding them to be more entertaining characters? Um, we kind of had, like, the uh, the sympathy story last week out of them. This week, uh, I don't know how... My, the thing I'm struggling with is how are they being portrayed at this point? I don't really get a lot of these Not characters. really at all. Yeah, that's the the thing. We talked about last week that they're kind of another... in. I don't even feel like they're an invisible team. They're just a team that hasn't quite caught on yet. And maybe that's just because we are going from, you know, them being portrayed one way, one week, and then last week, well, they're your sympathy team uh, or your hero team. And then this week they're kind of funny and kind of quirky and they just sort of come out of nowhere. It's just, I'm very confused with who they are as the characters at this point in the season.
0: They're like, um, like an older kind of cat that you have that, (laughs) like you love the cat but you just kind of forget that the cat's around. (laughs) Just because it mostly, like, lies around it eats and doesn't do much. Yeah. Versus, like, a really young, energetic cat that you just recently got, like, which would be something like Team Giver Mm -hmm. or Zed and Shabir that's, like, in your face so you know that they're there, they want attention, they're trying to do stuff with you.
1: You know, when you started saying that, I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard on this show. And strangely (laughs) enough, within a few sentences, I actually get what you're saying now.
0: Just that they're you know that they're there, but like they don't have these big stand out flashy showy yeah. things that they do. Yeah. Unlike these other teams that do have that flashy showy attitude, and they are being present. Even if they're sucking, they're doing great. They're there, and you see them. They're just not being there. They're just not there.
1: This is going to be uh, another thing we can come up with on the show every single week. Uh... Uh, which, uh, animal are, cause they have this on the race. What is your animal (laughs) that you would be, uh, like for example, Megan this week is a dog and Courtney's a possum. Uh, we're going to identify what household pet (laughs) every single team could be. Cory and you are like, not just cats. You're like the older cat that you don't always give them enough credit. You know, sometimes you just ignore them, but every once in a while you're like, I love that cat. (laughs) Um... Well, I just have a funny story completely off topic, but what, what actually made me remember uh, or have this make sense to me is when uh, we had a cat growing up as teenagers and my brother left to visit a friend in Saskatoon for a couple of weeks. And when he came back, the cat, who used to always sleep in my brother's room, literally just saw him and he's like, hey, how's it going? And the cat just sort of turns and walks away. And then my brother goes upstairs five minutes later and found that the cat took a dump on his pillow, on his bed, uh, having never gone anywhere outside the litter box. <laughs> uh now i'm kind of, i don't know i'm not saying the corey nivana are that type of cat we're gonna cut this off here <laughs> just a funny story about old cats that sometimes you're like that 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 cat's got a bit of personality all right uh enough about cats now <laughs> uh adam and andrea they're kind of the opposite of like corey nivana and, and sam and paul for me that corey and Ivana, sam and paul i think we're getting lost in the shuffle Adam and Andrea should be a more invisible team, but I feel like whenever they're on screen, I actually really like watching them. So I can't, it's the same thing with Corinne of Honor. I can't tell you who they are at this point or what their point is, but I'm really liking them at this point. And, uh, you know, consistently, I, again, I mean, they, they had a bit of a hiccup last week, but they've settled in for their second, third place finish. So thoughts on Adam, Adam and Andrea? Uh, we have another Andrea on this we'll get to in a bit.
0: Um, they were okay. I didn't think too much about them in this episode. They were really kind of the most invisible team for me, just because I didn't... There was no real drama with them this week. Because at least with Sam and Paul, you had the Express Pass uh, stuff in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And with Corey and Ivana, they got lost, and then they came in second place and all that. There was, like, changing of their placement. I don't remember anything that they really did.
1: I actually... As you were saying that, I looked through my notes to find out if I ever did mention them. And it, it was Adam who actually said, you know, that they had no idea where they were in the race, which summed up my problem with not knowing where anybody was in this episode. Uh, so there you go. That Maybe that's why I liked Adam this week. He was voicing my opinion on the episode. Uh, we're up to number four, Sam and Paul. This is the second week in a row. We really don't have anything to talk about them on except for one scene. And I'm going to say at this point, it's just that they're not... I don't know, what type of, what type of animal would you compare them to, Rossi? They're not big enough characters to catch your attention this early. Do you have an animal to associate with them?
0: Um, who are we talking about?
1: Sam and Paul. See, <laughs> so you've forgotten them even from when I mentioned them 30 seconds ago.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't have an animal for them yet. Um, I don't know. They. I think they were fine this uh, um, episode. They didn't really at all have too much issues. Like they, they were just
1: there. Uh, I guess they have it here. Sam says he would be a lion and Paul is a dog. Probably a chocolate lab, he says. Uh, maybe we'll have to struggle to come up with how that is. By the way, uh, breaking news here. Ever since about an hour ago before we recorded, and I tried loading several browsers, restarted my computer, and even loaded on a different device, I could not get the picture to come up that we always talk about every week where there are the fun facts attached to people's body parts just weird places it's back up on my screen now so we didn't mention in the episode but I just want to let CTV know out there that you fixed your website just in time for this podcast so I'm not gonna trash you too bad at the end of this episode uh, we'll get to that in a second as to how we're gonna use these fun body parts <laughs> but uh, Karen and Bert not quite as big as they were last week uh, I like that they use their Express Pass I defend their use of the Express Pass I still am finding that dirt gritties being outshined by Karen here, I love Karen as a character, and I think they're both great. They're probably my favorite team at this point, point. and even my wife who doesn't really ever... There have been many seasons she started watching and not finished. The only season she fully watched with me was season 29 of the US version, and she's not even watching this one all the way. Maybe she's seeing like the first episode, bits and pieces, of the second and third even she was watching this and Karen and Bert are on it's like, oh, I love this team. Like, there's just something about them that's really fun and not too over the top like we get with some of the other teams. Uh, not much to say about their performance this week because as I said, I don't think the show really showed us anybody's performance, but uh, are you liking Karen and Bert? Where do they rank on your favorite teams now three episodes in?
0: Um, they're definitely like around the middle of the pack, but like favorable opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Karen so much. She made, she like, during the camping challenge there was when she gave them the thing the guy the thing in the it was wrong or something mm-hmm. and like she looked at the camera went uh and like yeah. yelled at the camera i thought that was that so smell. funny that was on yeah. like i can't tell you how many
1: times over the last week that commercial has aired on ctv and that has been basically their promo clip mm-hmm. uh <laughs> she's definitely a, yeah I, i'm gonna call her the star of the season for me so far at this point uh we still don't know if uh Bert otherwise known as Dirt Gritty, if these are real or not. Uh, but uh, Dirt Gritty's Song of the Week, Passion Fruit, featuring Kreisha Turner. Um, if this is real Dirt Gritty, Bert or Karen, come on and tell us if we're giving you your Song of the Week that we're not actually listening to, but just giving shout-outs to. Dirt Gritty's Song of the Week, Passion Fruit, or maybe it's somebody else's song. Uh, we can't tell from this. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Karen and Bert, again, they're on the bottom half, that Express Pass thing. Kenneth and Ryan, they use their Express Pass. We talked a lot about them. Anything to add on Kenneth and Ryan?
0: Um, no, it was a real rough week for them. Hopefully they, for their sake, they, hopefully they can pick up.
1: How about them being toned down as characters? Because the first week, we love them. The second week... You're kind of agreeing with what my speculation was in week one that maybe a little bit too much Kenneth and Ryan's gonna be too much I feel like we were shown just as much of them in this episode but what they because they struggled so much I felt their personalities were toned down a bit and I'm not saying I don't love their big bold personalities but you can only take so much of that for so long and I like this week that they may be a little bit more grounded and real and struggled a bit and not quite as over the top if that makes any sense
0: yeah I see what you're saying they're definitely a lot calmer but this also means this has also been like more struggle from them in the first episode they dominated and they were big characters Mm -hmm. but now they're like toned down and they're loot but they're not winning as much
1: and yet in their confessionals this is where it's weird is that you'll watch them on the race and they're talking in normal tone normal volume normal speed and then they'll cut to a confessional where like you know like they normally are so hyped up uh it's sometimes a little bit distracting to watch that uh Andrea and Ebony so they're the only one of the bottom teams who didn't have an express pass we always like to go through these theories as to what went wrong with them because this is the second of three legs where they placed really low uh I think the first one it's obvious what happened with that because of their penalty this week what went wrong with Andrea and Ebony who finished so strong last week
0: what was the maybe you can refresh my memory what was the point where they fell behind was it yeah was it the coffee
1: i don't even remember i can't even remember them being at the coffee one maybe there was bad editing in that um i have a theory as to where they fell behind but again it's just a theory because i can't remember in the episode what happened with them So, the, well, what is the theory here this week if you don't know either we could just throw out ridiculous theories.
0: Go give your theory.
1: My theory is they were enjoying the pottery a little bit too much and they decided to stick around longer than they should have <laughs> which uh there are moments in this episode that would back that up that's just kind of a fun theory you know I would have but I maybe in a way there is something to that because they were having a lot of fun at the beginning of this and maybe they needed that urgency to finish. Uh, they obviously knew that they were struggling and that they were for a long time the only ones at the uh, Stroke It Challenge. <laughs> but, uh, any other ideas you have, Rossi, or are you going to agree with that?
0: Um, maybe they wanted to see the Big Orange Bridge a little bit longer, so they both jumped off of it.
1: Maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe they stopped to take some selfies with their Amazing Race season. 20, was it 26, 27 selfie sticks uh, in front of Bob the Bridge? Uh, let's jump into... The team of the week here, Megan and Courtney, you had high hopes for them going into the season. You had them as your profile pick in the past. Um, Parting thoughts on Megan and Courtney, and I guess as well, well, I guess before we go into the parting thoughts, let's talk about their not using the express pass. Um, I honestly don't know, I usually try really hard to defend people's choices, like with Andrea and Ebony taking the penalty, uh, Karen and Bert and the team giver. I really can't think of any scenario where it makes sense to not use the express pass here other than the fact that we started off this episode with them thinking Kenneth and Ryan were idiots for, you know, giving them an express pass because they were such a strong team that maybe that first place finish just went way too much to their head. They knew they were at the back. There's no reason to not even at least consider it. We didn't even see consideration.
0: I feel like they talked about it But I feel like they were both in kind of a consensus to save it for a harder challenge. And it all looked like they would have been fine had they stayed with the pottery, because that seemed what they were more capable of doing.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of mistakes they had on this this leg.
0: Yeah, but I feel like they were just, they weren't major mistakes. Like, I can't say that anything that they did was a major flaw. They just made a whole bunch of little mistakes that just resulted in this.
1: I'm, I am gonna say there is a little bit of overconfidence. I don't think there's any way to deny that uh, Not just because they started out the episode saying we're the first place team But because as far as they knew they were the last two teams and they were Along with Andrea and Ebony and they did finish the stroke a challenge the pottery one They finished that before Andrea and Ebony, but it was probably only by like a minute minute and a half um if you know you're among the last two teams why take the chance because all it would have taken is for Andrea and Ebony to finish that first, and they're like, well, we're done now. There's no point in using the Express Pass. You could have used, it. when you see that Andrea and Ebony are the only other ones in there, use the Express Pass, because it's gonna be no good to you if they get out of there before you do. It was just taking a chance that didn't need to be taken. I can't think of any way to defend them not using the Express Pass, even if they used it this late in the race, other than the fact that they thought they were going to be around longer and that they would have won this in a foot race, and that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, but when they got to the Pottery, they weren't the only ones there still. But they were
1: when they finished with Andrea and Ebony. They knew they were the last two teams there.
0: Well, at the time when they had both finished. But before, there were other teams there when they were doing the Pottery. So they, there's no way they could judge that.
1: No, but when when they see all the other teams are gone, and they know oh, I get we're in saying. the room, Andrea and Ebony are the only other ones in the room, if we use the Express Pass now, we know we beat them. They have to finish this challenge. Uh staying and not using it just showed that they were so confident they were going to finish this first and that they would win in a foot race even if they didn't finish it first it's just it makes no sense they basically go out with an express pass in their back pocket in the very episode they received it thinking they were the smart ones in receiving it and i love them as characters Uh, i don't want to knock them as characters i think they're fun characters and mistakes like this is what makes characters memorable but I can't figure this out. They're one team we have to have on the show just to explain what they were thinking here with not using it. Agree, says Rossi. Uh, (laughs) One more thing I want to talk about here, the prizes we've had for finishing uh, every single leg. Uh, And the trip this week was a trip to Chicago, Illinois. I'm not going to knock Chicago as a city, but
0: all You're I... am c- going to see Ernie and Cindy. Come on. Yeah,
1: exactly. They're going to go meet Ernie and Cindy still sitting in that private box at Wrigley Field or wherever they are, waiting for somebody to recognize them. Um, wow, this is just... This is painful for me because I see teams and they win a car and they win $5,000 and they win overseas trips and you're being sponsored by Cinerama, uh giving away great uh, Asian destinations every single week. There's our product placement. So we're going to Chicago, a place that most people in Canada can drive to in a day. It just seems like a really uh, disappointing finish here if you're the number one teen, Zed and Shabir. It's like, you can go to Chicago. They've probably been there. They probably go there on day trips. Who knows? I don't know. It's, it takes, you know, you can't go there on a day trip from Winnipeg, but there are people who will drive down to Chicago for a weekend, and it's no big deal. I'm just disappointed with that as a finish. Uh, Rossi, have you ever been to Chicago? No. Okay. Um, uh, would it be worth it if you won Chicago? It would be even more upsetting, I would guess, for you. You know, If you're on U.S. Amazing Race and you win yeah. a destination to go to Chicago and you can drive there, how long would it take you for you to drive to Chicago?
0: I don't know. I can look it up.
1: W- well, we'll get back to that. One day, Rossi and I will plan a dual road trip to Chicago, uh, just to go there, uh, just to meet Zed and Shabir on their big weekend getaway uh, that's just my last knock against this very poor episode, I think it's kind of clear where I'm going to go with this, I'm kind of uh, skeptical of what you're going to say Rossi uh, let's rank the episode, you know, I guess before we rank the episode we have to get to the final team, uh, Megan and Courtney I guess you want to add anything on them before we uh, do our rankings
0: yes, I'm sad to see them go I wanted them to be in here for the whole episode, a whole journey. I wanted to see them dominate. Um, I'm sad that they're gone. I, I, I mourn their loss. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, I, I'm gonna say the same thing I said about Dan and Rio with them. In episode one, I probably wasn't that crazy about them, uh, but now three episodes in, I felt like the just as I was really getting interested in them as characters, that's when they were gone. And maybe in part that is, uh, I'm a huge fan, even if you listen to our Survivor podcast, I'm a huge fan of the people who crash and burn and kind of self-destruct. And I look at this week as the self-destruction of Megan and Courtney, and that makes them more endearing characters. Maybe that's just me always wanting somebody to come back. But uh, yeah, I I, I definitely wouldn't mind them coming back for another season. Uh, Let's get to the body part fun facts this week. Uh, For people who are very confused right now, on the Amazing Race website on CTV, if you click on the teams, the team picture which is now coming up thank you for fixing it in time for this ctv uh webmasters uh there are little plus signs on random body parts of teams that give you facts about them so let's start with i have to figure out how to tell the difference megan okay so megan's right bicep says my favorite movie is anything based on a nicholas sparks book uh rossi are you a fan of nicholas sparks movies
0: I haven't seen one
1: that's funny i've seen at least one and a half i think uh strangely enough i saw the notebook as a single male mailman <laughs> um, the other one i walked to remember was one that uh, my wife jamie tried to show me and i think i got halfway through it but uh yeah i'm apparently more of a nicholas sparks fan uh, than you are um and then megan's right forearm says last movie that made me cry was the notebook she really is a fan uh both of her upper and lower arms <laughs> make nicholas sparks quotes we're also gonna stick with the same body part this week and let's talk about Courtney. Courtney's Upper Cleavage says, my dream vacation would be to go to Italy with Megan. And Courtney's Underboob says, my favorite movie is Olympus Has Fallen. Uh, have you seen Olympus Has Fallen, Rossi?
0: Nope.
1: Have you seen London Has Fallen? No. Have you seen Die Hard? Yes. Okay. Uh, Olympus' Fall-In, Die Hard in the White House, basically. Uh, not a bad movie, um, <laughs> kind of surprising that Courtney would pick a Olympus' fall as a favorite and that her cousin Megan is a Nicholas Sparks fan. Uh, they really are polar opposites, which is what they uh, say that uh, about themselves, I guess. Uh, let's go to their individual bios here, let's start with Megan since her bicep and forearm gave us such good material, handwritten here. <laughs> Handwritten racer files on the CTP website. My favorite food is poutine, which uh, I guess makes her very Canadian. Her celebrity crush is Khloe Kardashian. Um, her... There's a very
0: good likeness of Khloe right there.
1: Yeah, it's funny you said that because when I was looking at before I zoomed in on this, I thought that this is who would play you in a movie, and it said Khloe Kardashian. Like, yeah, maybe if blonde, I can kind of get that, but no, I guess that's her celebrity celebrity crush. Her nickname is. MJ, I bet Ben will love that one. Uh, Megs or Maggie B. Uh, I'm hoping B is her last name. The soundtrack to my life is Dixie Chicks. Ugh. I've lost it now. I'm sorry. No longer a fan of Megan and Courtney. Uh, Rossi, are you a Dixie Chicks fan? They're fine. Uh, Rossi, sorry. No longer allowed on Amazing Race Canada. All right, <laughs> uh... well, I'll do
0: You have fun doing this alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure Ben will come on and talk about this. I'll get Jamie on to talk about it. It's like, yeah, the five minutes I watched this week. Um, I'm just not a fan of country, anything country related. Uh, my favorite emoji is sassy blonde girl with handout. <laughs> is there a sassy blonde girl with handout emoji? Or did she just make that up?
0: No, that's definitely got to be one. I'll look it up.
1: Okay. Uh, my biography would be titled Blondes Have More Fun and They Can Read. Okay. Megan, you're back in my good books. That's a hilarious title for biography and uh this was the same one that we learned about on her bicep uh, my dream vacation would be to go to italy with court which i'm assuming stands for courtney um rossi have you found no no, no that? With,
0: with a court attorney oh with court, yeah
1: it's it's court appointed uh extraditing <laughs> for the crime she committed in italy uh rossi did you find that there
0: yeah, there has a there is a little there's a woman who has her hand out like she's like a server almost, and she's blonde and she looks sassy. Well, yeah, I mean it's a sassy, <laughs> sassy icon.
1: Okay, so it exists. They just couldn't find it for the emoji, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. We couldn't find Courtney's either, but let's start with my nickname is Court C. What does that even say? Can you read it? C is that Robs or C Rotos? We'll go with C-Robs. C-Robs, okay. Uh, sis or Shorty. Uh, is she, I think she's the taller of the two, isn't she?
0: I don't, I don't know.
1: Okay, well, uh, I, I assume she is, so it must be true. In a movie, I'd be portrayed by Mila Kunis. Do you see any resemblance, or is that just a personality thing?
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe person. I don't know.
1: Uh, my favorite emoji. Here we go. My favorite emoji is poop. <laughs> <laughs> um they didn't show that either uh sometimes they'll actually show the emoji obviously they weren't going to show poop emoji on here but i love that that's her favorite one i wanted to grow up to be a comedian i thought this said chameleon when i first saw it but no she wants to be a comedian uh yeah i can see that one my favorite book is the hunger games rossi have you read the hunger games i did have you read all three of them yes do you have a favorite hunger games book
0: um, I think the the middle, the second one was good.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite too. Catching Fire, yeah. Uh, movies, I'd go with the first one. Books, Catching Fire. Uh, hey, we agreed on something. All right, round of applause. My biography would be titled A Social Work Student Who Tells Jokes. <laughs> uh, it's so sad to read these because it just makes me disappointed we lost them. And when I win the amazing race, my next road trip will be to Banff. Uh, she's from calgary that's again driving distance so plan something a little bit bigger go to chicago that's that's a road trip that's driving distance uh thank you megan and courtney for providing us so much entertainment over three weeks and rossi your preseason pick where did you have megan courtney finishing
0: oh um uh somewhere on the legs where they (laughs) place Would be somewhere if I were kind, between I'd edit this out.
1: one and. Ten. Uh, I'm not editing it up, though. <laughs> uh,
0: they, I said six. Six.
1: Okay, you could have just made that up and nobody would know. Um, all right, so I guess you're uh, what? Only two spots off. That's not bad. Uh, next week we finally are going overseas, courtesy of Cinerama. We we're going to go to Beijing. Uh, this looks like an exciting one. It's got Olympic diving in there. One of my favorite sports. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, let's quickly just talk about how we're feeling because I was a big defender not when the show started but after they got into season one and I saw why wow, you really can have an amazing race all mostly in one country and have it work at this point I'm feeling like maybe they're just running they're either running low on interesting locations or they're not utilizing locations well enough because I'm dying to go overseas now are you excited we're going to Beijing
0: I'm excited to be out of Canada.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, that comes from the American on the show. Let's start a,
0: a war here. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's just, I, I just like these places—they're not like drawing me in. They're yeah, they're they're interesting, but they're like there's just like one small town after the other, after another small town. It was, it's just not pulling me in. So I think a change of pace will be good.
1: I also think it's just not utilizing locations. Cause I think we both said there was a better way to use Bob the bridge. Um, There was a better way to do the uh, rope uh, bridge thing that we had in the first episode, but it's good to see them go overseas. And I guarantee that everything is going to be courtesy of Cinerama, which is all Asian destinations. Uh, by the way, just finally looked up the prizes, so, uh, the winners of leg one, which was Kenneth and Ryan get to go on a trip to Barcelona, Spain, winners of leg two, which were Megan and Courtney, they get to go to Auckland, New Zealand to visit Nick, and leg three, Zed and Shabir, you get to go to Chicago, uh, we know who's on the losing end here, and also, the Chevrolet, what's it called, the whatever EV, not just a sweet ride, what's it called, do you remember?
0: The Equinox, the
1: Equinox uh, that's the one, no, the one from this week. What was the one they drove this week? Oh, the Bolt. Yeah, the, the Chevrolet Bolt EV, n- more than just a sweet ride. Uh, the Energy Efficient Driving Challenge was won by Kenneth and Ryan, $5,000. Again, it would have been nice to see how they accomplished this. They kind of told us that these cars have like energy efficient intelligence in them or whatever, but we didn't find out. Uh, Rossi, are you an energy efficient driver?
0: Uh, um, not as efficient as Can Ryan.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't know if I was or not because, uh, A, I hate to drive, so I avoid doing it at all costs, and B, I don't have a Chevrolet Bolt, uh, which is more than just a sweet ride. So that's well, it. Well, now you can get one. I can get one, yeah. If I go on the Amazing Race, I could have won one, and I could be visiting Chicago, which would have been amazing. Uh, we're excited for episode four because, uh, we're glad to be over with this one, or at least I am. Uh, I'm just gonna start us off here my review for this week, it's very obvious. This is a bin it. There were a few things I liked in it. I liked the beginning, I liked the end. I would like this episode much more in a condensed form as a previously on Amazing Race segment uh, than I would this. This was definitely not a strong episode for Amazing Race Canada, or, or any version of the Amazing Race. Uh, Rossi, are you going to be kinder than I am?
0: Um,
1: Buy it rent Probably it. not. <laughs> um, it? I don't
0: know. I'm probably going to bin it, but I'll, I'll recycle it.
1: Okay, so you are recycling this episode. Uh, you don't want to just throw it away. You want to save it because you know there's some friend out there who could benefit from it, uh, or that they could repurpose it into packaging for a cereal box or something like that.
0: Yeah. I think there was, like, like I, I really enjoyed this episode, the changing of places, mm-hmm. and how teams dropped and changed and shifted all over. Yeah. So I like that. I'll keep that, but then I'll bin most of it. So I recycle it.
1: All right. Recycled. Um, Rossi, thank you for joining us. Uh, for the record, what is your favorite emoji and why is it poop?
0: Um, um, because it's the one that expresses all the emotions.
1: <laughs> of The Amazing Race Canada, episode three of season yes. five. Uh, but thank you for being here and hopefully we'll be joined by you next week.
0: Well, after you just said I'm done, <laughs> it doesn't look like I'll be back.
1: Maybe we'll rethink that uh, due to lack of replacement co-host. But uh, we will be back next week to talk more Amazing Race Canada and stay tuned for all the nip-tuck and third watch and other things that Ben watches that I can't be bothered with. Uh, as well as coming this week or coming possibly within the next day, our beginning of our tribute to George Romero, the great horror film director who died last week, a Night of the Living Dead recap from Ben and I Stay tuned. Uh, listen to that episode. It's definitely well worth it. And until next time, I am Colin. And my favorite emoji is the sassy blonde girl throwing her poop. I don't know. Good night.
0: Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.